0: Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. This is an up-close look at the students, faculty, and administrators who make your college unique. This weekly show shines a spotlight on the programs and people here at YCP. This week's host is Jeffrey Schiffman. Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives, and today we are going to talk with Angela Kelly. Angela is on campus uh, here at your college, and she is a senior strategic advisor for Immigration at the Open Society Policy Center. She also worked in the Obama administration in 2014 and early 2015. First of all, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. I know you're very busy. No, thank you for having me. It's
1: an absolute pleasure.
0: Uh, You know, the the first thing, and you and I were talking beforehand, immigration has become an incredibly hot-button issue. I I guess, can we do a little perspective here? Why has it become that?
1: Well, it has been um, sensationalized, um, particularly in the last few years, Starting with the beginning of the Trump campaign, um, and then following through his administration, um, where there's been some, you know, frankly, pretty ugly rhetoric. Um, the president launched his campaign in June of 2015 by talking about Mexicans as rapists and drug dealers. Um, he's called immigrants animals. Um, he has talked about um, them invading, and so it's it's been a, a a pretty painful observation as a person who's been following this issue and is a daughter of immigrants.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you are a daughter of immigrants, so uh, uh, we, uh, hopefully your parents do not fit any of those characters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the last time I checked.
0: <laughs> but it, it's interesting. I, what I find interesting about the whole thing is that was sort of out of nowhere. I mean, yes, we certainly have issues with immigration in this country, and uh, many countries do, but why do you think that he, he and... And obviously a a good number of people latched onto that as a big issue.
1: Right. Well, and and certainly he's not the first person to to go in a nativist direction. Um, But he has certainly pushed the envelope and um, hasn't been um, at all filtered and expressing what are, you know, very xenophobic views. Um, I think it's frankly, particularly as we're two weeks away from the election, um, and there are a number of signs that the Democrats are... You know, likely to make substantial gains in Congress and in state houses and governorships. I think it's a way of changing the subject. Um, I think that the last two years of this administration, um, you know, r- reveal that uh, we've got the, the the kinds of promises that he made, right? That he was going to bring jobs back to America, that he was going to replace Obamacare with something better, um, and that people's wages would go up. But like you know, those things haven't happened. Um, and so he kind of goes back, frankly, to chest thumping and talking about building the wall and making people scared. And, um, you know, that's, that's not really the kind of leadership that I think most Americans want. Uh,
0: You you bring up the wall, which we haven't heard about a lot lately. Uh, however, we're starting to hear about this caravan that is moving through, I guess it's now in Southern Mexico. Correct. Uh, Guatemalans, Hondurans, maybe some El Salvadorans, uh. Do you, do you think that that's uh, kind of perfect timing for the current administration? It's something for them to kind of grab onto?
1: Yes, I, I think that that's certainly what you've been hearing um, in the president's you know, in, intensifying rhetoric um, and how he's describing it as a national emergency um, and you know, frankly, demagoguing again um, and fear-mongering. So uh, you know, look, absolutely, we have to take a long, hard look at the stability of countries to our south, um, and what are sensible refugee policies that we should pursue, that Mexico should pursue, Panama, Costa Rica, Belize, other countries that are also experiencing refugees coming to their borders. Um, but I don't think that you know saying that the United States like isn't strong enough and somehow can't handle refugees and women and kids coming to this country. That you know that that's not befitting our great nation
0: we we have a long history in this country of being you know we are a country of immigrants why do you think that there's been this uh, th- this incredible shift uh towards uh, frankly anti-immigrants uh why is that
1: well um, i i think again it's um it's tapping into a legitimate economic anxiety that a lot of people have because they haven't seen their wages go up they've seen their kids college tuition go up and obviously often be uh, you know unaffordable um, and so it's, it's like, okay, well, where, where can we lay the blame? Um, and so despite, you know, vast reams of economic research that shows that in fact, immigrants help the economy, that they fill the kind of, uh, jobs that, um, that are needed and that creates room for Americans to move up the economic ladder because they're economic actors themselves and they spend money and they buy goods. Um, but you know, that that's what gets overlooked and you know, we've got a really big economy and a lot of challenges Um, As the economy is changing, you know, immigration is a very small part of that. But if you listen to the president's rhetoric, you would think that it is solely because of immigrants, right? That people's wages are stagnant. That feels like a way of changing the subject rather than taking
0: ownership. We are talking with Angela Kelly. She is a senior strategic advisor for immigration at the Open Society Policy Center in Washington. Um, to To that topic... Is, are there, what are some of the strategies that will make immigration something that can work in this country? Uh, I, obviously, the, the, the process seems to be a little bit broken. Uh, wh- what is a, a process that would make it work?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there, but there's sort of different answers because um, what, you know, what would make things better and what would make it work? Um, what would make it work is for Congress to pass legislation that would be sensible reform, right? So we would have people coming with visas, not not with smugglers. Um, so that we would admit a, a reasonable number of refugees um, who are fleeing persecution. So that we would ensure that um, employers who have a need for certain workers can get those workers legally. Like that's that's the ideal, right? And I, I could go on and on about that. <laughs> um, but it would probably fall on deaf ears um, because Congress is, you know, they're not doing their job, right? They're They're taking a pass. They're too busy going into their respective corners and pointing fingers and blaming one another. Um, and that's that's really disheartening. But in terms of what can be done um, apart from that, I really think it starts at the community level. It starts with having conversations like this one, which are respectful and sensible. Um, it starts with building relationships with newcomers and better understanding why they came, and also with newcomers understanding the, you know, reasonable apprehension that some people might have. Um, so I think it's really a two-way street. And, um, you know, when I see in schools or programs like York college is doing, um, that bring people together like that, I'm heartened, you know, state and local elected leaders that, that want their communities to feel safe and to feel united. Like that's, that's the kind of rhetoric that I think we need more of followed by policies.
0: Are are we uh, facing an issue that is more one of a Washington kind of a beltway thing as opposed to out in, you know, out in the, the, the general, uh, areas. I, I, you know, I, it seems to me like this has become a bigger issue in Washington than it really is because a lot of people in communities are impacted by that. I, you know, if you're in York or if you're in Lancaster or something like that, we have a lot of immigrants in our, in our communities and they seem to be a, a, you know, well adjusted part of the communities. Why do you think that it's become a Washington issue and not a Oh, you,
1: that's a great, that's outside a great, the
0: that's a so speak. that's,
1: that's a great question. I, and I think it's a couple reasons, um, that we've already talked about. One is that, you know, this, this president has an enormous, uh, megaphone and, um, he uses it in ways that no other president has used it before, namely with Twitter. Sure. Um, and so information, and I'm using air quotes here for your, for your <laughs> listeners, um, moves very quickly and, um, you and know, unfiltered, he's, too. Uh, uh, unfiltered. And just because there's an abundance of information doesn't mean that there's accuracy in the information and he's tapping into some really scary negative feelings and feelings are not facts so I think what the facts on the ground are is look you know this country has of course a lot of challenges but it has for generation after generation welcomed people integrated people sure some people who don't follow the rules have to leave you know absolutely Um But I I do think that there's a disconnect between the leadership in Washington um, and the experiences on people on the ground. But I think that people um, outside the Beltway um, are also being influenced because of the the negativity emanating from the nation's capital, particularly the White House.
0: We're talking with Angela Kelly. She is senior strategic advisor for immigration at the Open Society Policy Center. Let's talk a little bit about the future. How important is allowing immigrants in for the future of this country?
1: i mean i th- I think it's incredibly important, you know as I, as we've been talking about that that is our our history, right? And I think it's the genius of this country, frankly, is that immigrants come and they become American and then America so America changes them and we and we we change them and they change us. Um, and I'm a perfect example of that, right? So I spoke only Spanish for my first few years of life, oh, and I learned English, right? And I speak <laughs> English pretty well. Um, and my parents are fully integrated, and my um, my aunts, who also came from Bolivia, have you know m- married nice tall white guys, um, brought some height into the family, <laughs> and um, you know, and my cousins have all gone to college and are success story. So that you know that 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 really is, I think, like those those needs don't change, right? That's that that's an ongoing thing. Um, just because of the like, what's in the DNA of this nation, but it's also the the, the case that you know we're having fewer children. Um, we're all getting older. We do need workers to come to this country. Um, we already have immigrants here that want to join with their family members, um, and then that we are a, a big and smart, compassionate nation, um, and so to the extent that we're seeing refugees um, that that want a chance that are being forced to flee. I think giving some of them that chance is a good idea. So that would be my future, right? That we bring people here with skills that we need, with close family ties, who are refugees that need protection, um, and of course we have to enforce our borders. Um, and you know, it's our sovereign right as a nation. Um, but I also think, look, it was Ronald Reagan um, who talked about having a you know a city on the hill that's got wide doors so people can come in. Um, and that sort of, you know, frankly, conservative Republican philosophy um, was is lost.
0: Mm, that's interesting. What? What? what mm, why did it get lost? I guess. I guess the question. Well,
1: I think it's been outshouted. Um, okay. So maybe, maybe it's still there and it can get tapped. Um, and I and I hope so. But I think that you know, m- moderate views, right? Views that are about getting to a yes and finding compromise. Um, is being drowned out by both sides in Washington. Um, And that's particularly painful. But I think especially um, as, you know, and I have friends who are Republicans who are very pro-immigrant. Some of them come to it because of faith. Some of it come to because of economic reasons or their own family history. Um, And they feel like a minority in their party now. And that that wasn't the case before. Um, So I'm hoping for balance, right? I'm hoping that, you know, we are talking about the future. Um, And then so that's why it's so important to have, this kind of conversation in a place like York, Pennsylvania, right? Where you've got just sensible Americans that really want better for their kids. Um, and to have the college sponsor this kind of program, I think is really smart.
0: One other thing, and and, and this will be the last area. Okay. What happened to DACA? We, we, we about sure. a year ago, that was, we were gonna reform it. Uh, you know, President Trump said, uh, let's get it done. You know, it seemed as though there was support. And then it just kinda got lost.
1: Yeah, well it got caught unfortunately in the crossfire of politics. Um, And also what what has happened with the program, which is for undocumented youth, Um, it stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. So it's um, young immigrants um, who are able to get a work authorization and not be a target for deportation, they're a low priority. I mean, it was a program that President Obama created and that President Trump wants to destroy and stop um what he um, had his attorney general do was in September of 2017 announce that the program was coming to an end um and you know Trump turned to Congress and said okay you guys fix it right and there was like you know famous pizza or chinese dinner that he had with, like that, yeah. with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi oh, yeah, and there I remember was like that a, one. you know this like you know warm fuzzy moment with the Democrats <laughs> and the Republicans and we thought oh this is wonderful but you know the unicorns and rainbows never came and the legislation didn't happen The reason the program hasn't come to an end and you haven't heard as much about it is because there was litigation brought that um, in the courts, some multiple courts said, well, wait a minute, we're not gonna take away from 800,000 young people protection. Um, And so there is an injunction that has stopped the Trump administration from ending the program. So the program is basically in place, um, but with a very tenuous future. Um, I always like to say it's like being held by Bazooka Joe bubblegum, you know, so we don't know how long it's going to last. Um, and it's going to wind up its way to the Supreme Court and likely be heard in the spring of 2019.
0: All right. So so it may come to a head, at least. Or it, or there, it, do it you will. think that that might also force Congress, uh, Congress to do something? Yes.
1: Yes, I think absolutely. And, the you know, look, the steam really went out of the, 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 the train. Um, because of con- uh, because of the courts putting the injunction in place. Congress was like, oh, great. We've got an extension on our paper. We don't have to work on this anymore. Um, and they just like kick the can down the road.
0: Pretty typical, right? Yes. Frustrating. Angela Kelly, a Senior Strategic Advisor for Immigration at the Open Society Policy Center. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you being with thank
1: us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a delight.
0: Thanks for joining us for WVYC's Perspectives. The program airs weekly on Mondays and Fridays at 9 o'clock. Public Affairs program is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. Jeffrey Schiffman serves as the Executive Director of Perspectives. We hope you join us again for this in-depth look at the York College community.